First two things I should say is, uh, well, I should have said, I apologize, but I'm not going to. 
I did take some time off from podcasting, and it's not because I disrespect my audience. On the contrary, all two and a half of you, I love you very, very much. Uh, but this was a personal time that I had to take for my health, physically and mentally, and because we are living in the end times, pretty much, with everything that's happening around the planet, and by that I mean North America. <clears throat> I'm not apologizing because I'm a little bit pissed off, because I, I had a comment of someone saying today, you know, it's hard for everybody, not just you. Motherfucker, I have two autistic children. What you're going through right now, not being able to go to family gatherings, not having friends, not having family, not having them being interested to come near you at all, ever, not being able to go out, can't find someone to take care of your kids while you do, that's my life. That's not my quarantine, that's not my lockdown, that's not my pandemic. That's my life 24 fucking 7 for the last 17 years. Now you're going through that, except for me it's even worse because I have a pandemic with two kids who are anxiety up to 11 all the fucking time. So I'm not apologizing because I don't think that some people understand how serious it is to have autistic kids. And all of you would tell me, yeah, I know, I know, I have a cousin of a sister of an underdog. No, you don't. If you want to know, come live with me for 24 hours. And do throughout those 24 hours, you will be happy that there's an end to it, which there won't be for me until the day I freaking die, which hopefully will not be soon because I intend not to get that COVID. Because once again, that quarantine thing, that lockdown thing, that social distancing thing is what I do all the freaking time. The second thing I wanted to say is welcome after midnight. My name is Anthony from Montreal, Canada. I'm a night shift worker. That's not true. Sorry. I'm an evening shift worker because of the end times. The company I work for has um, a certain level of employees. I was the night level. But um, because of the whole pandemic thing, we decided, we, and I say we because I'm the one who suggested that, of course, we suggested that maybe the night shift should go to an answering service, an answering company. And I should go down to the evening shift and lend my extensive experience to the evenings. Instead. I got to tell you, it's better for me. I sleep better. I eat better. I see my family. I, I have a better rhythm of life. I love the night shift, but physically speaking, mentally speaking, working just the evenings and from home, like everybody, is better for me. But I miss the night shift. I, I've been a night owl for as long as I can remember. And what can I say? I'd love to do it. I'd love to go back to never sleeping, to never seeing my family, to never seeing my friends. And yeah, sleeping all the time during the day. I'd love to go back to that. That was my life for 16 years. And for the last eight months, I've been a happy man living in the evenings instead of the night. I want to go back to being miserable. Please, please, give me back my night. Um, I was surprised recently, I was um, doing a call for, for my job, I was talking to, um, I, I in tech support, by the way, for those who don't know, I do tech support on the phone, I was talking to a fellow tech support agent from another company, um, who I was surprised to learn was 64. Man, he's just enjoying this, he's in his twilight, like me, he's doing it at home. Uh, it's not really physically demanding for him. It's a little bit of an income. It's not hard. It's um, it's making him talk to people. He's having fun. And I've always felt bad that I'm not really advancing. I mean, the guy who's the director of my company, one of the top directors of my company, is a guy who started below me, who actually I vouched for. We used to work together. 
and another job. He was a rookie there, and I liked what I was seeing from him. And when I transferred to my current job, there was an opening, and I said, you know, this guy is really, really good. He would really be perfect for our company. And they said, fine. They auditioned him. They hired him. And now, 12 years later, he's my boss. I'm not shitting you. I'm not getting anywhere. And I was feeling bad about that. The thing is, I don't want to. I like this. I like doing this because my priority is my kids. That's my job. That's what I want to do. In terms of work, I am going nowhere. Which is the subject of our <laughs> show this week. Nowhere. I, I'm really not going to. I haven't done anything for like two months. So I figured let's talk about going nowhere because this is where I'm going and I don't mind. I like it. I chose that life. And that gentleman, his name is Renee. I won't name the company, but I know, I think you're listening, Renee. So if you are, hey, buddy, thank you. It reassured me that it's okay to choose your family, to choose to not burn yourself out, to try to make as much money as possible, to try to have power, prestige, golf clubs. I don't play golf, by the way, never have, never will. Um, but I think it's okay. And I, I really thank this gentleman for reassuring me of that, that it is somewhere that I'm going with my kids, but work-wise, I'm going nowhere, and I don't care. To introduce the subject of the week, we had a song from John Legend. What's well, not exactly John Legend. It is a musical project, like uh, Arcade Fire, or, you know, people are not, bands are not bands anymore. They're project. They're artists that come together and do other things. Because if you're a band, and you, if you decide that you each do other things, then you're no longer a band, and it doesn't work. I think that's pretty much the thing behind it. So they are a musical project called Magnetic Man. And in 2011, they launched their first album. And this was their lead single with uh, John Legend, who reached a whopping number 65 in the UK because they're a British band. So not really a big song. From what I read, it was big in Flanders. Wherever Flanders is, if it's not in The Simpsons. But um, it was used in an advert for Sony PlayStation in 2011. So if you've heard that song before, that's where you've heard it. And uh, some a person that I've just um, played it for said it is fantastic. Love it. Absolutely favorite. Actually, her words were, this is different. <clears throat> anyway, I like it. And I hope you liked it too. Thank you so much for being back with me after two months. And I promise you the next one will be in a month because I cannot anymore do a weekly show. It's just too much for me. I'm too old. I'm 46, but I'm too old. So I'm going to do it once a month. I beg you, please come back in a month or just stay here for the next 30 minutes. Next song. Enjoy.
on fucking alley. Because huh? this big motherfucker, he's just waiting for him, right? And what could be more perfect for a strong arm robbery? Two drunk guys, all bandaged up. They're already injured, for Christ's sakes. Look at them. So these guys are stumbling through the alley. This guy takes a blunt object, fucking whack. Hits the guy with the bandages around his head, right? Why? Because he's smart. He knows the guy with the bandages around his ass. He ain't going nowhere. He's going fucking nowhere. Where are you going? Nowhere. That's right.
this is not one of my uh, grocery store songs. If you've listened to my show before, you know that I always say that. Grocery store, because the grocery store I go to every week as somebody, I think it's somebody and not a machine that plays incredible music that you don't hear on radio. Really good music. You don't hear on radio, but you hear it here because I often play these songs at least once an episode. I play a song that I've discovered at my grocery store. I kid you not. But this is my other big source of uh, music finds. It's from Top Gear. Not the new Top Gear with the new host. I don't know them. I've never watched it. I'm kind of a purist. I like the old Top Gear with the original trio, uh, Clarkson, May, and Hammond, and their new show, new show um, at Grand Tour. Their music is amazing. Their producer named Andy Willman, he's a guy who really loves and knows music, and I think most of these songs are selected by him or by the team that will propose the songs to him. My point is, this song is one that I discovered a few years ago, like years and years ago on Top Gear uh, during one of their uh, reviews. They always use a lot of music, and it's called uh, Getting Nowhere. It's from The Secret Machines. It's from 2004. Uh, the band is uh, originally from Dallas, Texas. They moved quickly to New York City to become popular. There were two brothers, Curtis and Benjamin. Is that is that No, Curtis is their last name. Sorry. Brandon and Benjamin Curtis, two brothers, uh, two-piece band, and they had other musicians come in. But in 2007, Benjamin left to uh, to focus on his own solo career. I don't think it was a thing of we hate each other. It's just they didn't want to become Oasis and start hating each other, so they went their own way. And the band uh, continued without him. They ended in 2010, if I'm not mistaken, and they began again, guess what, in 2020, because nobody has anything else to do. So everybody goes back to their roots in 2020. All these reunions from old TV shows, old bands doing nostalgia tours on Zoom. That's what they did. Secret Machines are back again. But this, again, is from uh, the debut album in 2004. And um, just imagine it. Imagine driving a Lamborghini or a Corvette or any super or hypercar and this song playing in. I mean, really, right? Can you feel it? Yes, you can. Mm-mm. Before that, a song that I really absolutely feverishly like. I can't tell you why. I think it's a music video. Music video is basically a staring contest. It, it's really, it's, it's fun to see. I just, I like watching this video. It's a uh, point of view of a person that uh, is doing the contest against whomever else. And it's a staring contest. You see one person and another and another doing a staring contest with you. And he kind of sucked into it that you're just trying not to blink and look at these people looking at you. And I love the song. <laughs> I love the video. And I love the song. It's uh, from Dan Crawl. Did I say that? <laughs> from Dan Crawl. Uh, his song is called, what's the name of the song? I can't remember. I'm going to have to edit that out. You know what? No, I'm not going to. From Nowhere is the name of the song. And it's back in 2012, uh, before he even recorded, before he had an album. He just signed in with a new label. And they released this song all along, single, digital release only, and it went to the charts everywhere. UK, well, not in the US. US, it topped at 36, but in UK, right up there. Um, so good for you. And he's still active today. He's, uh, I think, 30. Pretty young guy to be doing this kind of good music. Really like it. And I hope you liked it too. Now it's time for um, something that you may not like, but I do. The hamster is with us. We interrupt this program to bring you... With Big Sugar Hamster. YouTube? More like YouTube. 
until your videos get copyright strikes. And we won't do anything to help you because we couldn't care less about you as a content creator unless you have at least a million subscribers. Which probably won't happen because your videos keep getting copyright strikes and we won't do anything about it until you have at least a million subscribers. What was so wrong with people posting videos of themselves doing stupid stuff with a Rolling Stones soundtrack? Am I gonna say, oh, right, I should give Mick Jagger even more of my freaking money because it's not okay to play Gimme Shelter on a video of my cat trying to fit inside my tube sock? God forbid Jagger don't go jogging in million dollar diamond shoes. Oh, 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 now you got YouTube Premium. You can listen to music with it and watch my cat's butt-legging yoga without ads. Tip of the day, folks. Adblocks take care of the ads for free. So you can take half the cost of a YouTube Premium account and get Netflix instead. That way, we won't all leech off that one guy somewhere in Russia who got Netflix and downloads it all for the rest of us. Paying for YouTube Premium is like paying ATM fees to access your own money. It's YouTube. You. Wicked cool transition!
possible that Barney Stinson was a girlfriend? Later. Wait, Barney, hold on. Where are you going? Nowhere. The beach. It's winter. Laser tag. Home. Shut up. You're going somewhere. Well, we know where we're going, but we don't know where we've been. And we know what we're knowing, but we can't say what we've seen. And we're not little children, and we know what we want, and the future is certain.
Are you okay? The fucker came out of nowhere. Another day breaks and the last one's gone. You dig deep just to carry on. You dance fade up, but it don't feel gone. So you slip out the back and you're moving on. Yeah. Sam Roberts. Did you guess it? Yes, you did. <laughs> Every single episode. No, it's not true. A lot of episodes that I've done, I play Sam Roberts. He's Canadian. He's a fantastic artist. And during this whole shamble of a year, he's been a voice of reason. He's been a fantastic support. He's been a bomb for all of us. He did one um, one special show in Canada, I think back in April or May. They did a Canada-wide show online. And he performed uh, one of his good, good songs. We're all in this together. And he's been really, uh, he's been at the forefront of trying to adapt the music industry and the the, uh, the entertainment industry to the new reality, which will be around for at least a couple of years, folks. If you if you go back historically, uh, 
every pandemic that uh, as a society, as a modern society we've had to face has lasted two and a half to three years. This isn't over, folks. And Sam has been a, a guy who has been at the forefront and he's incredibly, incredibly generous and kind man. He started out as Sam Roberts and the musicians playing with him were um, such good friends to him brought such an input to his music, such a vibe, such a tone, that he decided, you know what, you deserve to have the royalties. So they became the Sam Roberts Band, and they get an equal share of the royalty. He kept the name, of course, because his name has recognition. But uh, even though he writes and composes most of the song, they all get equal share, equal royalties. That's the kind of guy that Sam Roberts is. And this is why I play his song so often. They are good. And he's an incredible artist, an incredible man, an incredible Canadian. I'm sorry to say this, but we are a beacon of reason in this world of madness. You are welcome. Before that, speaking of beacon of reason, some guy that I never really uh, associated with reason, um, from what I hear, a bit of an asshole, but a fantastic singer. His name was David Byrne, lead singer, songwriter, and composer of Talking Heads. This was in 1985, A Road to Nowhere, a um, song that charted really high in Europe, uh, Germany, in the UK, in South Africa, even. But in the US, I think it reached maybe 30, 35. No, I wouldn't that. As soon as, um, as the new wave thing was over, every new wave band was kind of done in the US. So uh, The Clash, The Knack, Blondie. Talking Heads, after 1985, kind of forgot about it. And you had a new movement afterwards uh, in the 1980s, more synthesizer sound. And then by the late 80s, you had the, the unplugged sound that came. But in the UK, uh, in Europe, Talking Heads remained really big for a while, um, from what I understand, because I'm not that old. Please, call me old. Road to Nowhere, so 1985. I really like that song. There's, there's, there's something to it. It's not as, um, as acerbic as their earlier work, but it's still pretty, pretty in your face. We're on the run to nowhere. Come on, listen to these lyrics. As a society, you, you, you kind of, kind of give it to, to, uh, to David Byrne. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, um, uh, nothing but flowers. If you don't know that song, stop everything. Even my show. Yes. I'm going to give you permission to stop this. Go listen to, um, what did I say? <laughs> Nothing but flowers. Uh, kind of like this one, but uh, more sarcastic. It's it's a fun song. It reminds me a lot of Nirvana. It's a fun song. Really upbeat. You want to move, but you listen to the lyrics and you're like, whoa. Just want to slit your own throat. Before that, speaking of slitting your own throat, back to Martha Reeves. Uh, in 1965, Martha and the Vandellas from Motown. Um, I, honestly, I'm not a big knowledgeable guy of Motown. So I don't really like to talk about this because I'm going to say something so white, but I really like listening to these songs. I, there's a, there's a, a website called God Radio that you, you can listen to any kind of music that you like. And they have this, um, this one station called Soul Kitchen. And you can listen to this kind of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, everything that's R&B. And I love listening to this while I'm working. Uh, to me, it's all new stuff. It's stuff that I didn't know when I was a kid. My parents were listening to white people music, and I had a cousin who was a country singer, so we were listening to that. And not enough of this. I'm discovering this now, so I don't really want to talk about it because I'd rather listen and let you tell me about it. Tell me what it means to you, what it means, period. What R&B, like Marta Reeves and Vandellas, uh, means to music 
as a whole. And what it should mean to me as a white person is discovering um, that apparently white person like to uh, collect tiny spoons. I've heard that recently. I've been told that. And I got to tell you, my grandmothers, both of them, did. Thank you so much for being back with me again this week, this month, this year. And after such a long time, if you're a new listener, then welcome. And I really appreciate it here. And I do encourage you to go back and listen to uh, starting from the 10th episode and everything after the 10th episode. Because before that, it was kind of a trial and error period and mostly error and trial. Um, but after that, it's really, really good. I promise you the proof is I have like 30 listeners who come back every month now. And I have to apologize for that. I said I wouldn't. I do have to apologize. But life gets in the way. And if you want to have a quality product, in my head, you need to take your time. And that's the thing that we don't have right now in this day and age. We don't have time. I want to do something that is good. I did mean for this show to be listened to when you're commuting, when you're driving, when it's boring. But nowadays, nobody commutes. You're just Zooming it to work. Uh, so listen to it when it, it's boring, when you're cooking, dicing carrots, dicing eggplant, having sex. Because for some people it's boring, so listen to me. It will be less boring, I promise. <gasps> what was I saying? Thank you for being back with me this week. I hope you'll be back next month. The point is to make a quality show, and by taking my time, I can make a longer show, a better show, that hopefully you will enjoy. Let's leave it on a song that hopefully you you will enjoy. From 1976, it's Led Zeppelin. The song is called Hots From, sorry, Hots On From Nowhere. I have to tell you, I, I discovered that song not in 1976 because I was barely two years old, but from a documentary, fantastic documentary called Down and Z-Boys. If you've never seen it, stop everything and go watch it. You might have seen the movie uh, Lords of Dogtown. The thing is, um, the movie was in pre-production for a long, 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 long time. They couldn't find financing for it. They couldn't find any talent in the studio interested in it. So the filmmaker, Stacey Peralta, who was one of the original Z-Boys, made a documentary for like $20,000 for almost nothing. Instead, the documentary was so successful that it allowed him to raise the money to make the film. Not the point. The point is it has an incredible soundtrack, and this song is part of it. It's called, again, Hot Song for Nowhere, 1976. Uh, Robert Plant wrote the song while he was recovering from a car accident, and you can hear it in the uh, lyrics that he feels trapped by his accident and by the fact that Led Zeppelin was going a little bit in the direction that many bands go when they've been together for so long. Started to have some internal rumblings, uh, especially between the two main guys, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. Uh, so you can hear in the lyrics, I've got friends who would give me fuck all. I don't think you hear fuck all in the song. I, I, I'm going to listen to it. I think they deleted the F-bomb, but basically says you're supposed to be my friend, but you're just shutting me out. And which I think is what led to uh, to the end of Led Zeppelin in the, I think, early 80s. After the, the, the guy died, apparently from drinking his own vomit, or there's a legend about it. Anyway, when the drummer died, the band was done because nobody else really wanted to be with each other until they came back later. Not the point. The point is, thank you so much for being back with me this week. Please come back next month. This is Led Zeppelin, 1976. Hot off of nowhere. Have a good month. Show 